Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at sknr.net for all things movies, games, television, travel, pop culture, entertainment, and more. You can also catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L-Central.com, keyword skewed, which is the portal for the uh, 12 newspapers and 21 markets we do game reviews for. We have our weekly radio segment on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSW-FM, where we have the simulcast on our page. Usually that goes up every Friday. And, of course, Skewed and Reviewed, the magazine, which you can get at Barnes & Noble and various uh, online retailers and um, locations. We just put out our brand-new issue uh, about a week ago that has uh, Back for Blood on the cover. We have an E3 recap and so much more. And so uh, this week, obviously, we had the 4th of July holiday, so we are doing our broadcast a little later. I know the last few weeks we have been uh, a little off on our usual Sunday recordings. We generally record Sunday and post then or first thing Monday, but just everybody's schedule has been crazy. I know next week Genevieve and I are going to be out of town. We will be back early uh, afternoon on Sunday, but then of course it's a matter of scheduling uh, it in. But regardless, uh, Michael is tied up Joseph is tied up, but Justin is with me, and we are going to discuss some interesting gaming news as well as some movie-slash-TV news. But before we get to that, I just wanted to mention some hardware. Uh, been a lot of stuff coming out. We're getting ready for PAX East Online. Already had a few uh, interview requests come in. We've already put in our press request for PAX West, which is, uh, fingers crossed, going to be our first in-person gaming convention since 2019. So a lot of stuff to look forward to. But first off, let's talk about the hardware. Up front, we have the Epos H3 multi-platform headset with noise-canceling mic. If you are looking for a very comfortable, durable, and good-sounding uh, headset for not just your gaming, but for all your needs, this is a great one. You can pick it up for under $125, and it is cross-platform, PC, Mac, all your major consoles, good to go, and you do want to check that out. We hopefully will have a write-up for you very soon. In the wireless department, Rocat has got the Kone Pro Air mouse, which is a wireless gaming mouse with the Titan Switch optical. Very fast, very responsive, uh, holds a charge forever, and it actually pairs up very well with another product they have, which is the Rocat Sin Pro. Uh, Air wireless 3D audio and it's a gaming headset and of course you get the wireless technology you get a Bluetooth connective uh, nature to it it is very comfortable to wear the audio is fantastic it has got an aluminum uh, support in it so very very good and I have been really impressed with a little bit uh, it also carries over the prospect that um, glasses are very comfortable with it and uh, we look forward to doing a lot of stuff with that. It has the illumination, so like the mouse, if you want to set your own custom lighting configuration, you can most certainly do that. And of course, uh, these products are available right now. You do want to get out there and give them a shot at the first chance you get. And another game that I wanted to mention is that we've got a lot of stuff coming on Dying Light 2. It's going to be coming out in December after a long wait. Uh, we're getting more and more information on it. 
got to see the game at E3 2019, which seems like ages ago now. Uh, but there is the Dying Light Platinum Edition, so if you'd like to get the full game with uh, the DLC, all the bells and whistles, and get in, get into the action, that is available as well right now. And it is a fantastic way to get caught up if you have not played uh, some of the recent DLC, if you haven't played in ages, or you want to really just jump in and get rolling, that's the way to do it. So Techland's doing a fantastic job with that. So Justin, we've had a lot of interesting news come out, and today we got news of a RoboCop video game coming in 2023. So what did you think about this, and were you surprised by this announcement? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly surprised just because, you know, it hasn't, it's not a property that has been touched in a long time. And I don't think, I mean, I think there may have been some licensed RoboCop games way, way in the past, like maybe for the Super Nintendo or something. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, there, there were some games a while ago, but you're right. Not nothing in a while. That's what blew me away. Yeah, I mean, there have been some kind of similar cases. There was that Terminator game that came out rather recently that wasn't really you know triple a quality but was uh you know from from what i heard actually a pretty decent game for for its price oh, point yeah it was um, very good i was really involved in it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i haven't played it yet i it's been on my list just because I, I did hear good things about it you know i think one of the problems is for licensed games people sort of expect you know it's going to be of the caliber of like you know some of the big AAA games you would expect coming out, and and sometimes you just need to go into a game with the right expectations. Um, so with RoboCop, uh, same thing. You know I'm not very familiar with this producer or publisher rather or developer um, at all. Actually, uh, I actually meant to go look that up, but I haven't really had a chance yet. Um, but I do think it's a it's a it's a great series uh it's a great setting to set a game in i i absolutely love robocop it's one of my favorite uh it's among my favorite movies of all time great satire great great action it's just a great movie all around um and i, I think it would make for a great video game kind of set it in that sort of uh quasi ridiculous um but still grounded 80s um setting of of detroit and it's going to be kind of a an action I, I, how did they describe it as like an action first person shooter that's uh, the way i'm taking from it i mean the the trailer is very very vague other than just essentially introducing the title right uh, it's but, a yeah it's a um uh it's basically a light teaser i mean the game isn't coming out for another Two years. Two years. So we we weren't going to see any any actual in game gameplay. So it's basically just the title, um, and you know you get kind of see the silhouette of Detroit, and and that's basically it. So we don't really get any sense of what this game is going to be like. But I think they described it as uh, a just action game. Um, so my guess is that. Um, Yeah, I, I, sorry, I'm just pulling it up just to see uh, if they had said actually anything about it. And no, they basically uh, said it's just going to be faithful to the uh, to the source material. So, I mean, if they're able to res uh, to actually achieve that, that's great. You know, I love RoboCop. I think it could make for an absolutely great game. 
but it's still up in the air as to whether it's going to be like an open world game or if it's going to be like a linear first person shooter i mean i'm i'm all on board regardless if it's good uh so i'm eagerly awaiting that but uh you know 2023 is quite, quite a bit away so my guess is that we probably won't see anything about it for a while yeah and and here's what's really 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 interesting here so i'm going to do a little bit of retro on this so we had the three movies we all know that the third film basically was recast uh it sat on the shelf forever because orion films was having financial problems it comes out pg-13 people didn't go for it uh pretty much ended the series as we know it there was the tv series obviously yes during that time we had various video games and such and then of course they tried the reboot a few years ago that while not a colossal failure didn't exactly work now what is really interesting about it is um ed newmeyer who i got a chance to meet at san diego comic-con a few years ago when he was uh, talking about one of the animated starship troopers movies since he uh, was the writer behind it also wrote uh robocop and he talked about various aspects and you know we we did a lot of things we can uh you know spend time on that somewhere down the line just know the interviews up on our site that being said they have kicked around an idea and it was actually announced um hasn't been anything further since this started to really gain traction before the uh pandemic but there was a announcement that there was a plan for ed newmeyer to write a new film called robocop returns and it would be you know based on the characters i've heard some people say in some ways it'd be like the halloween films where they would kind of pretend the uh subsequent films that didn't meet expectation never happens so they may make it a direct follow-up to the first they may make a direct follow-up and you know it was kind of one of those that i put on the back burner because my attitude on it was all right you know we've had the various spinoffs we've had the tv show we had even people saying that the joel kinnaman uh michael keaton one was going to get a sequel so on and so forth and then they announced it and i thought well you know kind of wishful thinking and then this morning when i heard this announcement that's when i thought boy this is really odd timing because generally speaking you don't jump into a dormant franchise like this with a new game unless there is some product coming or at least you think there's some traction you mentioned the terminator game well at the time it came out yeah terminator genesis had crashed and burned at the box office but we did have the most recent one uh come out that james cameron produced so while it did not set the box office on fire and there are those that believe that's pretty much it for the film franchise on it we still have that anime series talked about. And I just find it interesting that it's announced now when it's still two years away, which makes me think that there might be some life in one of these spinoffs, either some kind of TV series or this movie. Um, so be very interesting to see, really interesting to see it. Like I said, it was just really surprising to me, like why announce it now two years away when you could easily announce it next year, still a full year. I mean, let's assume E3's back, go from there. So gonna be one to definitely keep an eye on. Now, another thing that I definitely want to keep an eye on is this Thursday, 
Sony is going to have its new PlayStation State of Play, and uh, the belief is that Arcane's Deathloop will be in the spotlight and take up the majority of the 30-minute show. Uh, they have uh, pretty much said, don't expect anything on Horizon Forbidden West, the next God of War, or anything related to the new uh, PlayStation VR, but uh, Deathloop is due to launch September 14th. Um, be curious to see if it's available at PAX, if they do indeed come up and show it off a week before it comes out. So uh, what do you think, Justin? Uh, interesting choice or business as usual? No, I do think that's an interesting choice. Uh, if no other reason that Arcane is a uh, studio that's owned by Bethesda, who is now owned by Microsoft. Um, now I'm certain that Deathloop, uh, I haven't been following it, I'm, but I'm, I'm assuming it's not a PlayStation exclusive, um, just like Arcane. Timed game. exclusive on console, PlayStation and PC. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, that really, that, what that must be is, is the holdover of, of a previous deal that they're honoring. Um, correct. That one and Ghostwire Tokyo, I believe, are the, uh, PlayStation ones, which is probably a good reason why you didn't see him in the re3 showcase right um so i mean that, that i mean it's, that's definitely that's great that they're they're honoring those agreements um definitely great for sony uh and they they pro it, it i guess it doesn't surprise me too much that they're um basically gonna take advantage of of this opportunity while they can uh it's a little curious because they weren't at e3 you would think that with the extra time and um the fact that they have some space um to play with here i mean they're not really competing against anybody except for maybe ea uh for attention because ea is also supposedly having an event sometime soon um that you'd think that with the extra time they would have been able to um you know have a really good showcase but it, it seems like they're they're kind of going um for a smaller smaller event again and that kind of has been their their mo for a while i mean like the nintendo they they kind of take taking the approach that nintendo does with the directs where they're kind of like these pre-recorded events uh that just sort of show up whenever um and the, but the difference though is that the the nintendo ones typically are are more general like they kind of just go through a bunch of games like a showcase um but the sony ones it seems like at least lately they're very kind of specifically focused on like one or two games or a very small amount of games um so that that's kind of curious that's interesting um especially because if i'm not mistaken uh god of war was supposed to come out this year or maybe early next year um oh, i think it was later next year oh later yeah, next year on. um we haven't seen anything on it. Uh, we also don't really know what their headlining games are going to be for this holiday season um, and kind of going into early next year because, um, you know, right now I, I don't have a, a PS5. I've been kind of going back and forth on it, uh, mainly because the uh, most of the games on it are either games that already are on the PS4 but just improved or... Um, you know, or, or something like that. I mean, there there are a few, you know, actual exclusives that I probably would would pick up and get, but um, it it's just kind of interesting um, that we're kind of still waiting for like the big PS5 year that really kind of blows it out of the water. 
it seems like right now they're still kind of focusing on the um, the PS4 games at this point. Yeah, it's all in transition, and I think that is such an interesting point because I remember last year they did a showcase that was essentially all Ghost of Tsushima, and that had deviated from their previous thing where they would show a series of trailers. And, um, you know, yeah, obviously this is a big deal. It's coming out for them. It's a timed exclusive, so obviously they want to play it up. I'm very curious about the future for Sony and not into one of these doom and gloom things, but I'm talking the near future. For example, will they show up at PAX West? They were the uh, first company that I can remember that backed out of PAX East, which was the last, uh, you know, gaming show of note. Uh, They backed out of it uh, concerning the outbreak. And uh, I'm curious if they will show up at Gamescom. I'm curious if they will try to do uh, another PlayStation Live event uh, this year. I'm guessing that may not happen. Uh, but it'll be very interesting because the units are selling. Michael just picked his up uh, the other day. I've had mine since launch. But you're absolutely right. I do find myself uh, looking for something. I get my consoles for exclusives. Um, you know, there are several exclusives out there. Not many of them have rang my bell in terms of something I'd want. So uh, I, I'm kind of looking ahead to see what's coming. Now, this is common. We all know that it's not unusual. I look back on the previous consoles. The first year of any console is often a little slow while they wait for developers to get used to them, to catch up. And yes, I know these things are in development long before they come out. But, you know, that being said, um, let's you know, we'll wait and see what's coming down the line. It's going to be very interesting to see what the uh, big guns are. And I assume next year when uh, hopefully things are even more back to normal, you're going to see a lot of announcements. And I think I you know, kind of want to wait and see where we are next summer and uh, go from there. But it will be really, really interesting. That is for sure. There's a lot to speculate over, and that's kind of the fun nature of what we're doing, speculation. So let me cross over and uh, move over to... Um, Uh, television and movies, and in this case, movies that are becoming television. Now, before we get on to our big topic for the day, I got news today that Roland Emmerich, who is working away on his next big-budget movie, has said that he has not given up on the Independence Day franchise, even though Independence Day resurgence failed to light up the box office and garnered bad reviews. Didn't screen for the press either, by the way. Um even though that Fox has been sold to Disney, who now owns the franchise, he has said that he thinks that a third film or a TV series would be possible. He thinks it would be an ideal uh, franchise for one of the streaming services, either Disney Plus or Hulu, and either as a movie to tie up the trilogy or as a TV series. So what do you think, Justin? Is there life there or is it done? Uh, Absolutely. I think there is. Like with a lot of these things, like going back to Robocop, we talked about Terminator earlier. Um, Independence Day is another one of these properties that definitely has money left in there. Um, You know, nostalgia is a very, very popular commodity these days um, in the entertainment industry. Um, 
and pretty much all of these franchises, I think, with the right people behind it, could could definitely make money. Um, Independence Day definitely still has a following. Uh, now, whether you know the act, the the con- the story continues or not, I don't know if there's enough there, uh, enough in the setting to really kind of justify um, more movies. Um, the last one was really kind of kind of crazy um and the the really the tough thing with with making movies in a lot of these different franchises uh is that a lot of them really um are made by their the time period they're made in so independence day was quintessentially a 90s movie and it really benefited from that you can watch it today and it really kind of has that 90s feel to it that is they really struggle to recapture it in, in the sequel um you know similarly to the the robocop reboot uh one of my big complaints about it was that it really didn't feel the same it didn't have that same kind of 80s satire kind of feel to it that uh uh that the original robocop had so one of the it, it issues is trying to find the right people who can kind of capture the same feel that these franchises had in the past, but you know, they can always find if they find the right person, you know, like the newer Halloween movies, for instance, or if they kind of go in a different direction and not necessarily in a movie or a live action property, but in a video game or a comic book book or something. I mean, these franchises definitely have teeth in them. Um, you know, they just need to find the right people to, to get behind it. Yeah, the big uh, plan, as I understand it, was the third film would involve the spear and essentially go in on a counterattack to attack the aliens at their planet to end the threat once and for all. But like you said, there was so much time that passed between the first and the second film. Second film came out, did not have the hype and the buildup. The first film benefited from a Super Bowl trailer that made it an event film that people had to see. There were six months of hype building up to it. This one came out, uh, didn't screen for the press, did not have that wave of push behind it. And then it came out and just got terrible reviews. And I was thinking about that uh, in this context. We just had The Tomorrow War come out, and this was a film that was going to be put in theaters. Paramount sold it to Amazon for a reported $200 million. The rank-and-file general public, even though there was a lot of holes with it, even though there were issues, said, yeah, it's a fun adventure. Critics tore it to pieces. I gave it like a middle-of-the-road one. I get what they were going for. This was not something I was expecting, a deep story, original content, or great acting. And I knew it was just going to be a summer, over-the-top action film. And yeah, it, it borrowed heavily from various films. It was entertaining, even if it was, in parts, a bit too long. And this is exactly the kind of thing that I think Independence Day could be. People are less critical of films on a streaming service than they are from movies they had to pay to go and see in the theater. So therefore, you take a film like Independence Day Resurgence. If it had debuted on a streaming platform, people might have accepted it. Let's not forget the last Cloverfield movie that had all sorts of issues and was definitely the right choice not to put in the theaters but as a streaming release entertained so should be interesting 
final thing we have today is Noah Hawley, who is working on the announced Alien TV series and has done a lot of fantastic things with Fargo, recently talked about the pending show. Uh, so why don't you tell us what he said and your thoughts on that, please, Justin? Yeah, so what he said, uh, he gave kind of an update saying they're still working on it. They have some scripts, um, but you know they're kind of far out still. Um, basically said that we probably won't see anything um, for quite a while, um, just because of the, the time production. It, you know, he kind of goes into the weeds a little bit on that, but he did update also on the story. So, uh, <laughs> I'm a little apprehensive. I mean, I'll, I'll, um, I'll get the, the positive stuff out, out, out of the way first. I, I'm a huge fan of Fargo. I, I have not seen Legion. Uh, I've heard a lot of great things about it. Um, but, no, Holly, you know, Fargo was when it was on the air um, for for all three seasons, actually, I thought were all fantastic. Some of my and my, one more coming. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still looking forward to that. Um, I it, it Fargo easily was on my list of favorite shows, um, you know, on the air uh, and, and probably still is it, it, I'm eagerly awaiting the next season. So he's done really good work in the past, um, but I can't help but be very apprehensive about some of the things I'm, I'm hearing about this alien show. I mean, I, I, I proposed an alien show. I thought the idea of, a, of an alien show like just set, you know, following, um, you know, some crew on a ship in deep space or even just a crew of Marines um, in, in some sort of ship deep space. Uh, I thought that would have been great. I mean, you wouldn't even have to have the alien in it very very often. I mean, obviously, you would have that expectation that the alien would have to show up at some point. But I think the universe is big enough and interesting enough that um, I would have wanted to see what other planets are like. What do colonial marines deal with on a regular basis? Um, what are the backwater worlds like? Uh, what are the colonies like? What are the deep space stations, space stations like? What is crime like, you know, in these deep space environments so the first thing that really kind of made me apprehensive about this um is that it's set on earth and if it's going to be very much about the alien and set on earth i i already kind of have a problem with that because the, the 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 alien series is about preventing i mean that's what ripley was trying to prevent like ripley was trying to prevent the alien from getting to earth and that that is her quest and so I, I already it's just a pet peeve of mine if you have a story or a sequel that you know totally invalidates the the primary quest of the you know the the premier uh i guess titles in, in a franchise um that's kind of that kind of rubs me the wrong way it just it's just a personal uh thing of mine but you know i can't really speculate too much on what exactly it's about because he didn't really say he just said it's it's set on Earth and um, it kind of goes into modern day politics stuff, which uh, I, I won't go into. But um, that being said, the other aspect about this that makes me slightly apprehensive is that Alien is also one of those uh, franchises that would really benefit from a larger budget. And we know that this is kind of a kind of an issue with television because television shows tend to be very expensive and um i'm not really convinced that 
uh, Disney will put the money forward uh, that would really do the alien setting justice yet. Uh, maybe they'll be convinced at some point, but that's the other aspect about this that um, makes me just a little bit worried is that Alien is already a new franchise for Disney. Um, we don't really quite know where Alien fits in their um, uh, their whole list of franchises and, and, and their priorities. Uh, it's, it's always been kind of an odd fit because Alien is a kind of a more mature, uh, hard R horror franchise, and that's not really something Disney is well known for. So adapting that into a, a TV show just makes me a little bit worried. I'm not quite sure. You know, I, I sort of, I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to read between the lines and say that it's set on Earth because it's cheaper to set on Earth. Um, maybe they do have a great story to tell there. I definitely have, have an open mind about that. Um, but uh, it does make me a little worried just because I think the setting is definitely much more about the, that sort of deep space isolation um, and not necessarily about Earth. But I suppose we will wait and see. I mean, we, we haven't really even seen any uh, concept art or anything like that, so uh, much of this is just speculation on my part. You know, it's interesting because he talked about how the rank and file or the little people are the one that have to bear the brunt of this uh, of corporations and the decision and it's going to be you know pretty clear that whale and yutani are going to be the big bad guys and it's them and they're you know ruthlessly corrupt executives who have no problem uh throwing people to the lions in order to make a buck and we we get that but you bring up so many valid points here I'd like to think that Disney wouldn't have put this in motion if they didn't have a really good pitch. I don't, I hope this is not a case of Noah Hawley said, yeah, I'm interested in doing this alien series. And they said, oh, okay, sure, no problem. I'd like to think that they looked over everything, they talked over the plans, and they went there. The Fargo TV series have never shied away from violence or adult content, and I don't expect that to be any different, considering that this is going to be on Hulu, so there won't be any restrictions in that. I expect it to be an R-rated uh, topic and go from there. But, you know, the whole picture is what's so odd. Set on Earth, okay, well... Can you have a show about a spacefaring society of the future and set it entirely on Earth? And it's like, all right, you could have the crux of the action centered on Earth in terms of the company Wayland yutani but at some point, as you said, you have to get back to the whole spaceflight, colonies, outbreaks, containment. I, I really do worry that it's going to be some situation where they have a lab on Earth and the creatures are there and something gets loose and obviously, or worse, what happens if it's a show where you go several episodes with no aliens at all? What if the first, you know, season is essentially all build up and it's nothing more than the politics? In fact, uh, here's a curveball that I may throw at you, Justin. What if the whole thing was is the prelude to the special order that set aliens in motion, or alien in motion? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
and or the aftermath of what happened when the Nostromo didn't return or you know they he, he was very clear about oh we're not going to be dealing with Ripley and you're probably not going to deal with Burke or any of the people we've seen because obviously casting issues but can you sustain an alien show simply on corporate politics that has to be an element of it that has been a common element throughout the series the comics the books the movies even the video games but at some point you have to have alien it's kind of like the old joke you can't have you cannot have an alien series without the alien and that is where you hit it on the head how does that creature come into play is it in a lab on earth is it you know somewhere in the future well past alien but not quite to the time where alien resurrection happened uh where everything went crazy who knows and i think these are all really important questions and the most important thing is you better have some good casting you better have a good look to it and you're gonna have to you, i mean let's be honest there are going to be skeptical people i've already seen people all over the internet oh i don't like disney having alien oh i don't like them having predator i don't think they can handle r-rated films which is stupid because they've handled r-rated films for many years and quite successfully just under different names they weren't under the disney name they were under miramax they were under dimension and they of course were under their touchstone label they had some very hard r films that did incredibly well for them so no i don't think that they are out of their league with this the question is going to be how you want to approach it and you know do you want to have a more inclusive storyline or you know kind of like I, I almost hate to use this analogy but kind of like marvel and star wars were pg films but as they went on they danced over to pg 13. you've already had uh deadpool which is r-rated you've already had marvel come out and say now that we have deadpool we're not afraid to dance go into this r-rated territory we saw it with logan so the which of course was done under fox before disney acquired them i i get that so that's the question and i think i i don't think noah holly would be on board for a sanitized version of the alien films i think they you know there's a part of me saying if it was strictly about the corporation wouldn't they call it something like the Wayland yutani chronicles or you know alien slash the Wayland yutani chronicles or something like that if aliens front and center people are expecting an alien and hopefully they can deliver so it'll be really interesting but let's not forget in the meantime we do have aliens fire team elite coming out not too long uh from now and uh we can at least enjoy a traditional going into the hive and blasting anything that moves and i know you're looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it and we just have to find a vic i mean a volunteer to be our third person who's willing to take point and uh, we'll go from there and that is going to do it for us this week folks thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week until then take care and stay safe